In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, 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 everybody. This is your host, Diane Jones. How are you? I'm pretty good. It is that time again. It's tea time. Do you have your tea? Are you ready? If you don't, shame on you because I've got mine and I'm ready. I'm just doing something simple tonight. I just have my orange. Seems like I've been drinking that the last several times I've been on the air. I need to go out and buy me something something new. Try something something new. Or better yet, I need to to refill my stash of my almond roast. That was my favorite. And when I ran out, I just haven't been back over there to um get me any more. So anyway, I hope you know the drill by now. I should not be sipping tea alone. We should be doing this together. You know, it should be a joint venture. Um, well, it is just me tonight. No, Chris. He's 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 um he's here, but he's not here. He's he's not on the air with me. Um, he just got back in town from a trip to Florida, and I have to say, um, he is definitely. Uh, a pleasant sight to my eyes. <laughs> it was good to have him back home, but um, so that he could kind of recuperate and, uh, you know, get himself together. I didn't. I didn't insist that he join me tonight, <clears throat> but um, he's here with me in spirit, and he prayed for me before we went on the air. So. I love that man. Yes, I do. Anyway, (laughs) a few things before we get started with our topic. Um, Next week, I'm going to have uh, a special guest. You know, I have those every now and then. And um, her name is Lisa Harris Corbett. Lisa is uh, a native of Trinidad, Trinidad, 
I think you say, is that Tobago? I think that's how you say that, Trinidad, Tobago. And um, she, I read her book. Her book is called Sing O Baron. Um, and her story is just absolutely unbelievable. You know, even though I've been um, doing this show for a little while now, it's, it's getting close to a year, and I've been researching these kinds of things. Um, her story is just like, wow, you read it and you just wonder, is it possible? Is this, you believe it, but it's like, it just doesn't seem possible that anyone's life could be this horrific. Um, and they survive, you know. So it is truly a miracle that she is uh, living, breathing, walking, functioning um, as well as she is and that she's accomplished some of the things that she's accomplished in her life. But, hey, I tell you, that's what the Lord does for you. Um, she is a Christian. And uh, let me just read the back of her the book here. It says, This is a riveting true story of how the Lord supernaturally delivered the author from debilitating child sexual abuse and physical, mental, and emotional abuse as a child and as an adult. This account also tells how the author fought and overcame relentless personal attacks from witches and Satanists. Um, we've mentioned that a few times here on the air because um, it's a real, it's a real deal. I mean, there are people out there who are professed witches and Satan worshipers, um, and she overcame relentless personal attacks from witches and Satanists while living in a small rural town in the United States. She has, um, uh, I won't read all of the, the, the ministries that she has uh, co-founded or, or founded and overseas, but um, when she's on the air... Next week, you will have to listen in to get that information. So, yes, we're looking forward to another special guest, and that will be Lisa Harris Corbett next week. So if you're listening, don't forget it, okay? All right, what else do I want to say? You know, I always talk about my latest book, um, well, my second to the latest book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, because that's mostly what we deal with on this program. But I do want to remind you, because I haven't said it in a long time, that my latest book is called The Story of Me, A Black Nurse by Diane Jones, RN, because um, professionally I was an RN for many years, and the Lord blessed me to be able to write a book about that experience and my nursing career. This narrative is about the personal struggles of being a black woman and being a black professional in a society that is still bound with racial and gender bias. Uh, her story navigates you through the career of a young woman who has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose and aspirations, but she faces constant opposition to fulfilling and attaining these basic human requirements. 
like so many people of color before her, she achieves a certain measure of success, but the measure of success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It is time for a change. So if um, anybody out there is interested in the medical profession in any way, I think that you'll find this to be a good read. Like my other books, provoking, um, thought-provoking, yet there's some humor, yet there's some adventure, um, yet there's some struggle, but isn't that life? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the real deal because it is about real life. It's another biography. So let's see, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, I was looking at my notes and I realized that I didn't finish our topic last week, which was about hostility instead of sympathy. Do not be surprised if when you reveal or expose to someone that you've been sexually abused, do not be surprised if you face hostility instead of sympathy, Um, especially in the immediate circle where the abuse took place. For example, if it was in your family, if it was someone in your family, if it was your father, if it was your brother, if it was your uncle, Do not be surprised if you are met with hostility when you bring that information to light. Um, This is a brief chapter in my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, and I talk about this because so many people are afraid to come forward and, um, you know, they're afraid to talk about it and expose it. Because of the ramifications, because of the consequences, because um, they don't want to ruin the family or because they don't want people to be upset with them for, you know, causing a rift in the family. But I talk about this so that you'll know that 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 may very well happen, but you still need to do it anyhow. You still should come forth anyhow. And if it's not you, maybe it's not you, but if you are ever approached, if you're the one who has ever told something like this, you need to know how to respond properly um, without hostility, without denial, without um, making that person feel as though they are the problem. Okay, because all that does is perpetuate the problem. All it does is continue, cause, allow the problem to continue, and it further traumatizes the victim, the one who was victimized, the one who was abused, especially, especially if they are a child. If they are a child and they come to you with something as serious as this and they are met with hostility in any way and made to feel as though they're lying or that they should just keep it quiet, um, we're not going to talk about this anymore, those are all different forms of hostility. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, The break is already... um, Getting close, so uh, maybe I can just read like one or two sentences from last week. Um, 
Mm, the cruelest comments and displays of behavior have come from my relatives. For the most part, strangers have had more sympathy or empathy concerning my past and been more supportive than my family has. Another interesting point is that what support I have had has come from women in the family. That's where I left off last week, and that's where we're going to pick up at tonight after the break. So get your tea if you don't have it yet because I'm sipping mine. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, this is me. And like I said before I went to break, um, in my own personal experience, for the most part, you know, and I say that because there were a few, there have been a few people in my family who were um, willing to hear and uh, sympathetic and supportive. Um, But for the most part, it created a big rift, and it created a lot of bad feelings, and it created animosity and hostility um, when I was old enough to not only expose my um, abuse, but expose it in, 
you know, an adamant way. And that was when I was an adult, and that was when I wrote my first book, The Story of Me, um, by Diane Jones. Uh, when I did that, I'm telling you, it was like it was fine as long as it was kept under wraps and only a few people knew about it and people talked about it in secret and whatnot. But when I made it public, and I can't say that I don't understand why that could be for some people, but I still, but I do know that after walking through the process of, of, of being healed from my traumas, that it is a necessary road. It is necessary. Now, everybody might not have to put it in a book like I did and make it public on the airways like I did, but it is necessary for your healing and for your family's healing, if that's going to happen, that you expose it. So um, let me continue with what I'm, what I'm talking about tonight. I have personally found that people who have been sexually abused themselves and have not been healed of it are the cruelest people. They seem to be, in my experience, some of the cruelest people for me to deal with or that I have, that I have dealt with. How can this be? It's baffling. It was baffling to me when I began to experience it. Um, I remember one particular situation when I found out that one of my relatives, a, a, a young lady, a female, who was very much um, actually around the same age that I was, and down through the years we had had a very stormy um, relationship. You know, there was just a lot of antagonism and uh, badgering and just giving me a hard time, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't that kind of a person. You know, I was I was more of a quiet person, and I was more of a um, uh, even-tempered sort of a person. Um, in some ways, I was more withdrawn um, and just wasn't overly expressive. You know, so this person just always found issue with me. And uh, I remember when I found out after we were adults that this relative had been abused as a child, sexually abused as a child. I had a hard time believing it. I had a hard time believing it. Even though I knew what had happened to me, I couldn't believe it because I couldn't understand why she had been so cruel to me. Because even back then, I had told my boyfriend, which became my first husband, I had told him about my abuse and he had told his family, and she was a part of that family, and um, she had used it against me on more than one occasion and said some very cruel and, and, and vicious things to me concerning it. So I couldn't understand why, if this had happened to her, why she could be so cruel to me when we were growing up. And I struggled at first to believe that she was even telling the truth because of her cruelty. I thought if anybody should have been understanding of my peculiarities or my, my, my inability to express myself and whatnot, that, that she should, if that had really happened to her. That was my thinking. <clears throat> but now... Um, I have a better I have a better understanding of this because years later, 
Years later, uh, she gave me her perspective. She explained this to me from her from her own mouth, and she told me that she mistreated me because I talked about what happened to me, because I exposed it. She said the fact that I exposed it caused other people in the family to discuss it. You know, she was hearing about it, I guess, my situation from other people in the family and just the the topic itself. And um, she hadn't told anyone about her abuse. She had kept it quiet. So it made her angry with me because she didn't want to talk about it. She was trying to suppress it. She was trying to hide it. And and the fact that I exposed it and made it... uh, a topic of conversation um, made her angry because it was causing her to have to deal with, I guess, emotions and, and feelings and stuff that she didn't want to deal with. So she was still full of rage. She was still full of anger. Years later, even from that point, years later, it took even years after that when I wrote my story, The Story of Me, which was released in 2004, she she learned of it through a relative, and she read the story, and she was still very angry, very, very furious, um, full of, still full of shame, though, and still full of pain about it, even though she already had known for years by this point what had happened. We grew up together, or we finished growing up together, I should say, but it was still, it was a trigger, my my releasing that book was still a trigger. It was a trigger because the, her pain had never been healed. Her emotional trauma, her pain had never been healed. And all that suppression, all of that attempts to hide it and suppress it didn't work. And that's what happens and why I don't advocate suppressing. That's why I am against trying to suppress it and trying to deny it and trying to keep it hush-hush in the family because the person who suffers is the person who was victimized by it. And not only that person, but so does, so does the, the people in their lives, the people that they are not able to relate to intimately and be close with like they should be and want to be. They suffer because they're deprived they're deprived of the real you. So, I mean, wow, this this was an eye-opener to me because I'm like, wow, you would think people in your same situation would relate and, and have your back. Well, that is often not the case. That is often not the case. <clears throat> this time, though, when she approached me because, like I said, she was she was still very angry and she was um, basically telling me off and, and and crying and saying, "I can't believe that you that you wrote this book and that you said the things that you said about our family." And um, although I was very discreet in how I wrote the book, um, and I said, "Well, wait a minute," I said, "Was anything that I said not true?" And she said, "No." It was true. I said, okay, then. I said, well, this time I was strong enough because I had been I had been on this path to recovery. So I was strong enough to tell her that I have a right to tell my story. I have a right to tell my story, and I didn't tell it for the purpose of being cruel or vindictive or anything, but for the purpose of helping others 
who, like me, had had no real support growing up, who who thought that they were the only one. So I have the right to tell my story, and after I kind of calmed her down a little bit, I let her know I'm not the one who should be ashamed about what happened to me. Now I'm able to counsel others, and I was able to actually counsel her at that time and show her that her reaction, her reaction to my publicizing my story was really because of her own issues and the fact that she still had not been healed. It, it was proof that she had still had unresolved issues in her own heart, in her own soul that she had not been healed from. And by the time we finished talking, she was able to actually say, you know what, I think you're right. I think you're right. There, She said, I thought I had dealt with this, but, but there obviously are still aspects or things about it that I haven't accepted because I, I, I'm surprised at my own response, but it just made her come unglued. So that's why I, I stress the importance that you do not try to suppress or hide your abuse because it will consume you. It will consume you. And who needs to be consumed with this for the rest of their life? Why should this alter the rest of your life? I mean, your life has already been altered, but why should it, you know, rob you of some of the some of the pleasures that are still available to you in life? It shouldn't. But sticking with tonight's topic, just, you know, reminding you and letting you know that if you're crossing that bridge right now or someone is crossing that bridge by coming to you, please don't be surprised if you face if you're faced with hostility, if it causes a riff. The riff was already there. The riff was already there, believe it or not. It was already there. You're not causing it. You're just exposing it. And if you're the one that they come to then respond with sympathy, respond with understanding, respond with an open ear, be willing to listen, be willing to comfort, and then find out and equip yourself like you're doing by listening to this show so that you can help them know what to do next. How, where, where to go next? Do they need counseling? Do they need physical protection? Do they need help out of that location and situation? Um, do they need, you know, to be removed from the home? Do what? What do they? How? Where do we go from here? Okay. Um, I will tell you if you've been abused. You are not the one who should carry the shame. You shouldn't carry that shame. So don't do it. Don't continue to carry the shame. Don't continue to harbor it. I'm putting my business out in public so you will know that you don't have to be ashamed of what happened to you. The more I do it, the easier it has become. It's almost like everyday language to me now be back after the break alrighty 
Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. Or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preference. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed, delivered from abusing others? Find answers to these questions and many others in these pages. This book is a sequel to my first book, The Story of Me. I wrote my very personal story eight years ago and had it published two years later. It told of my pain, struggle, and victory over the sexual abuse that occurred in my childhood. That is about overcoming sexual abuse. Make sure you get your copy. Like I said, even if it's not your story, I am certain that you probably know someone in your life whose story it is, and they may need your help. One day you may be able to help the next person. 
Um, I do have some call-in lines open. I rarely get call-ins on this show. I don't know exactly why that is. Is it is it, is it intimidating? <laughs> Am I intimidating? I hope not. <laughs> I know I'm upfront and to the point about this subject, but um, where I can, I include um, laughter and love where I can. But the subject is very, you know, a very heavy subject and. If there's one of you or two of you that would like to call me every now and then, the number is 877-864-4889. Oh, 69. Ooh, it's time for me to get my um, glasses, uh, get new glasses. <laughs> By the way, I just had an eye appointment and my prescription has changed. So, yes, <laughs> when I say that, I mean that literally. It's time for me to get new glasses. So anyway, I know that it probably has something to do with the fact that most of you listen in on um, iTunes or my pod page. You don't listen to the live broadcast, so that might be why. We don't get to hear from you that often, but I know you're still out there. Our numbers have continued to increase, and I'm glad about that. That means that somebody is getting this info. Somebody needs this info, whether I get to talk to you or not. So it might be good, though, you guys, um, because I'm coming up on my first year of being on on the air with Toginet, and I have been in prayer and um, asking the Lord whether or not I should continue this for another year. And if so, how should I continue? Should I... Uh, continue with the same subject matter or change directions or what should I do? So it might be good to hear from some of you guys and and let me know your thoughts on that. You know, you can reach me on my Facebook page, um, Diane S. Jones, or you can, uh, let's see, what's my, uh, well, you can email me at vir2us1 at Verizon. Dot net and my personal website uh, filed by f i l e d by filed by dot com um, author Diane Jones. Actually, I'm having some trouble with that site right now, but I think you could still contact me through that um, momentarily. Anyway, so anyway, it would be good to kind of hear from some of you to um, know what you think about that as we pray for direction for the next year, for the upcoming year. So what was I talking about? I was talking about hostility, hostility versus sympathy. What's all that hostility about when people expose this, when they bring it out? Where does that come from? Why is that? Well, in some of the previous shows, I also talk about the fact, matter of fact, I think it was in the last show, that some of that hostility is because people that were directly or indirectly involved in your abuse um, may be of the same spirit. They might have the same kinds of issues, the same kind of tendencies. Maybe they have abused other people themselves and therefore they don't see it as a big deal or they don't want to be exposed because, you know, they know that it's not right, but, you know, they're, they, they've still done it. 
So it could be some of that. It could also be that um, maybe they set you up or left you in a place to be abused um, and they don't want to take that responsibility. They don't want to bear that responsibility. Maybe they were so busy doing their own thing. Um, you know, maybe they were drinking or going out and partying and, and leaving you with people that they knew were not trustworthy because they were putting themselves before you. And so they don't want to accept the blame or the responsibility for what has happened to you. So it's easier for them to deny it you know, or or make you feel like you did something wrong. Um, I know that the enemy is behind all of this. Satan is our is our adversary, and this is this is this is not only a physical trauma that happens when this happens, but it is a trauma that occurs to one's very soul, to one's very to, to your spirit, and Satan doesn't like to be exposed. You know, he's the one behind sin anyway. Sin in the earth is because of him anyway. So he certainly doesn't like to be exposed for for the devil that he is and, and for his agenda, which is to steal, kill, and to destroy. So I put my business out there so that you won't feel alone. When it comes your turn, if this has happened to you and you are ready to cross this path, you won't feel alone like I did for so many years. I was ashamed before Christ set me free from the shame, before he gave me the boldness and the tenacity to press through and to overcome and to talk about these things the way I'm doing now. I was ashamed, too. I was ashamed. I somehow felt something was wrong with me. What was wrong with me? You know, that's what this does. It makes you have a, a self, a self uh, perspective, and you think that everything is because of you. You know, bad things happen to you because of you. Well, bad things happen to us because of sin. And you know, I have to say that some of us do contribute to to the things that happened to us also. I certainly have. Um, so anyway, you can be free. You can be free just like I became free. You can be free of the shame. You can overcome in spite of the cruel things that people may say or do. Do not retreat. Do not allow yourself to be intimidated by the cruel things that people say. Do not let your heart be troubled. You've already got enough to deal with. So when they start coming at you with all that craziness, you know, don't let your heart be troubled. If you call on the Lord, if you call on him and make him your Lord and Savior, he can comfort you. He will comfort you. He tells us in Scripture that he came not only to redeem us from sin, not only to redeem mankind from sin, but he also came to bind up the brokenhearted. He cares about the brokenhearted. He cares about the traumatized person. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. 
my husband and I were talking today after he uh, got in from his trip, and um, I was telling him how the Lord was just dealing with me about certain people that I know and that I that I have had the opportunity to uh, encourage and counsel, and some of these people are awesome people when it comes to ministry, when it comes to being able to teach or being able to preach or being able to um, be used by God, but when it comes to their own personal self, you know, their inner personal self, it's still evident to me that they're not functioning at full capacity, and it kind of breaks my heart when I see that, and you know, I be, I pray about those kinds of things, and I talk to the Lord about it and try to get understanding about it. And he was telling me, he said, well, that's because they there's some things that some of us are willing to submit to him. We're willing to submit maybe our talent to him uh, so that we can be used, you know, in ministry. We're willing to step out on that limb and walk by faith and and start teaching or preaching or whatever, those kind of things, singing maybe, playing music or whatever. We're willing to do that. But when it comes to our personal issues, when it comes to those deep places, those personal intimate places, we're not willing to submit those to him. We're not willing, those people, he's saying, that's an area that they're not willing to surrender to me. They won't let me deal with their issues. They won't let me deal with their hurts and their pains. They want to continue to conceal those and make everybody else think that they're all right. When inside, they're not all right. Inside, they are still that that hurting, traumatized child, perhaps, or maybe not even a child. Some of this happens to people later on in life as adults, you know, or as young adults even, teenagers maybe. But that's an area that they're not willing to surrender to him. And, oh, my goodness, people, he came to bind up the brokenhearted too. You know, he came to set the captives free. So why not surrender it all to the Lord? You know, he is not a God simply of right and wrongs and rules. He's a God that cares about us. He says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Why continue to be ashamed? Why continue to carry these burdens when he can heal you? Good question, huh? More after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones' story. 
You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, hey, this is me again, and I want to remind you that we are going to have a special guest next week, Lisa Harris-Corbett. Her book is Sing, O Baron. It is a riveting true story of how the Lord supernaturally delivered the author from debilitating child sexual abuse and physical, mental, and emotional abuse as a child and as an adult. And like I said, this story is just so horrific that it's almost unbelievable, but it is truly a miracle that she is still functioning, living, breathing <laughs> here with us today, here here in the land of the living, and has accomplished what she has accomplished in her life. So make sure you tune in next week. Um, as I was saying before I went to break, um, the Lord cares for you. He cares for you and he tells us in his word to take his yoke upon us. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He tells us to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. And that is pretty much what I have to say about hostility tonight. Um, why the hostility? Because the enemy is behind it. He works better in the dark. He works better undercover. <laughs> he works better in secret. 
as long as these things are kept in the dark and kept in secret, then he can continue deceiving and continue uh, controlling and continue destroying homes and families and lives without too much opposition. Oh, but once these things are exposed, which is what we're doing even by bringing this subject to the air in such a concentrated manner and in such a in-your-face manner, um, once these things are exposed, then it um, sheds light on him and it makes it harder for him to do the things that he does because people know, they know about it. They, and they're more watchful and they're more prepared. They're not just in la-la land. You know, like these things don't happen. They happen, and they're happening every day by the millions, you know, just constantly. So let me see. I was trying to decide earlier today if I was just going to stick with that topic or if I was going to move to my next topic. And since I have a little bit of time, I'm going to move to my next topic, and maybe we'll just have to talk about this a couple of weeks in a row because I know that we won't get through all this. But guess what? You know what else that sexually, um, well, well, do you know what else, how should I put that, that sexual sin causes disease? Did you know that? Do you know that sexual immorality causes disease? Well, it does. Sickness of all kind is a result of sin, okay? The fall of Adam and Eve brought sin into the earth and therefore brought disease. So I am not pointing at anyone and saying, you committed some specific sin and therefore that's why you're sick. It's not what I'm saying that. But I am saying that all sickness is a result of sin being in the earth realm. When we were created, we were not created with the capability even of being sick. When mankind was created in the beginning, everything was good, everything was wholesome, everything was wonderful. We were created to live forever. That's how we were created. But when sin came, when man and woman gave their rights over and their dominion over to Satan and and lost their place, then sin came in and sin brought forth with it misery, sickness, um, murder, all the pain and suffering that we see, you know, even even the tragedies as far as earthquakes and hurricanes and floods and all that kind of stuff, that's a result of sin being in the earth realm. All sin brings curses upon mankind, and sexual sin is not exempt. Sexual sin also causes disease, sexually transmitted diseases. I had a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's something that people probably don't want to talk about. <laughs> well, they should talk about it. You know, if it would be wonderful if TV would be more um proactive, but you know, TV of course is not a 
about that. TV is really about ratings and um, their show being on top and viewings and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, they're not going to – while they're showing you everybody – having having sexual relations and being involved with this one and involved with that one even as teenagers and while they're showing you all that they're not going to show you too much about the 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 sickness and the diseases that come with sexual immorality but let me take you to scripture okay we can go to Leviticus chapter 15 um, it's a long chapter. Um, I could emphasize 1 through 33, and I won't read all of that, but I do suggest that you read it because this is still true even today in, in, a, in, a, in, the, in the conceptual terms. It, the, the concepts are still true is what I'm trying to say. Sexual sin still causes disease today, okay? In Leviticus, the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. Okay, he's given them instructions to tell the children of Israel. These are the people that Moses led out of bondage and led out of Egypt. We can put that into perspective as far as our lives today when you accept Christ as your Savior, then he wants to bring you out of the bondage of sin. And then he begins to tell you how to live and how to conduct yourself so that you won't be subject to the bondage of sin anymore. So anyway, the Lord tells Moses and Aaron to say to the people these things. Um, and he goes on to talk about issues of, of sickness in the body, when a man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. Okay? This shall be his uncleanness in his issue. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue. Whether his flesh run with his issue or his flesh be stopped from his issue, it is uncleanness. Okay? Whether he's got something oozing or draining, I hate to put it so profoundly, <laughs> from his issue, he is unclean. If he's got some, some discharge, some draining coming from his male members, significantly, especially, he is considered unclean. Every bed wherein he lieth that hath the issue is unclean. And everything that he sits on shall be unclean. And then he goes on to say that if you even touch his bed or if you touch his clothes, you know, while he's got this issue, then you become unclean. Um, he has to bathe himself in water and be unclean until a certain time frame. Okay, then it goes on to talk about the same thing with the female. Let's see. Before I get to the female, uh, let me read this one line. And if any man's seed of copulation go out from him, then he shall wash all his flesh in water and be unclean until even in every garment and every skin wherein the seed of copulation shall be 
washed with water and be unclean until the even. Then it goes on to talk about the woman. If she will lie with that man while he has that uncleanness in his seed of copulation, they shall both bathe themselves in water and be unclean. Well, I could go on. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to run out of time. I could go on about this. Um, let me read one or two more lines here. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. Okay, it was talking about her having an issue, and if that issue be in her blood, and if it be in the time of her menstruation, basically, and if it continues beyond the, the, the time that she's supposed to be menstruating, that she's considered unclean also. So it's talking about discharges and disease related to um, the the sex organs, you know, of the man and of the female and how that makes each of them unclean. And then it went on to say that in order for them to be purified, they had to present themselves before the priest. This was how it was back in this day. They had to go before the priest after they had separated themselves for a time as commanded and were 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 cleansed and washed and all that, then they had to go present themselves before the priest. They had to give certain offerings, and the priest had to basically pray for their forgiveness, ask for forgiveness to restore them, to restore them to 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 the body and to 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 their families and to society well, in this country, you know antibiotics have become a good thing because we use them to heal ourselves of the actual disease. But then who goes before the Lord and asks for forgiveness and asks to be restored and reconciled unto him and to be delivered from sin and the burden of sin? Well, I say that that should be me and you. <laughs> And that's exactly what I had to do. And I'll tell you why I had to do that and how that all came about, hopefully, another time. Food for thought. Pray about it. Meditate. May the Lord.